Hello and welcome to the Tech Authority Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the new iOS 11 and I want to tell you a little bit about a few of my clients this week as well. But the first thing is the iOS version. Now you might have an Apple device and you might be looking for the update. Updating is free and pretty simple. Uh, But what devices are supported? So depending on the age of your Apple device, it may or may not allow you to update. Now, there's a few things that you want to check first to see what's going to be compatible with your device. If you have a really old device, more than likely you won't get a notification to say, hey, iOS is here. It just won't do anything. It'll have the current update that you have, and it won't check for anything further. So the devices that are currently supported for the iPhone, uh, the lowest model is the iPhone 5S. Anything before that, like a 4 or a 5C, it won't ask for the update. Um, The iPad, uh, the iPad Mini 2 is available, the iPad 5th generation, the iPad Air, the iPad Pro 9.7 inch, all the way up to the 12.9 inch iPad Pro is supported. And for iPod, it's the iPod Touch 6th generation. Those are the only devices that are being supported uh, for iOS 11 upgrade. Now, if you have an older device, you might want to check about uh, your phone provider and see whether you can upgrade to the new phone. If you have a newer phone, you'll be able to get the upgrade straight away without having to really think about it, and uh, the iOS will already be on there. Now, it's not a big deal if you don't have it. Seriously, it's not. Everyone likes to have the new stuff and be an early adopter, but if you don't like updating and you don't want to lose things on your phone, then think about this. Don't upgrade, really. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It's a security measure. But if your device is so old, then maybe it's worth looking at getting a new phone. If it's over two years old, it'll work. There's no reason why you have to change straight away. Uh, But if you've got an old phone, like three or four years old, you might want to look at getting a new phone. That's all I would suggest. Uh, But the thing that you really want to do is to check to see whether once you have the upgrade available to you, You want to make sure that you have a backup of your device. Now, you can do this through iTunes if you have it installed on your computer, whether it's PC or Mac. And once your device is recognized inside of iTunes, just click Backup Now, and it'll save a local copy to your computer or uh, iCloud. It depends on where you back up to and whether you pay for your backup or not. If you don't want to pay for your backup, I recommend backing up to your local computer and that way you'll have a storage of your whole phone or iPod or whatever device you have, whether it's an iPad, iPhone or iPod, it'll be backed up onto your computer and if anything goes wrong with the update, you can always restore back to the older version and then you won't lose anything. So that includes your music, all of your contacts, any app that you have installed, it'll 
back that up for you without any bother. Totally recommend doing that. Do not upgrade without having a backup, just in case. So now I want to talk to you about some of the customers that I had this week as well. The first company was switching from an old mailbox provider, old email provider, and going to Office 365. And they weren't getting any new mail for whatever reason. Something happened and nothing was working. Now, this is a fairly familiar process. When you go from one email provider to a new email provider, you've actually got to look at the mailbox settings and have a look at what was going on with that. So I checked in Outlook and saw the settings were still connected to the old mail server. Now, when you divert mail from one provider to the new provider, all of the email that's sitting on the old provider will not work any work will not work anymore. So the best thing is to create a new mailbox profile, connect all the new accounts, all the new mailboxes into the new mail profile, and then transfer any old email to the new mail server. This means that it's a little bit of a process creating all the new mailboxes and making sure they've all got passwords and everything works. You can send and receive email takes a little bit of time to set up, but once it's all set up, everything works like clockwork, like it should. There's no reason why it should be any different to what you had previously with the old mail provider, but what should happen is that it should become a lot more reliable because you're using Office 365. Once we did that, everything was working and the customer was pretty happy. Now, the second client that I had uh, had a pretty interesting issue had another tech go out on site and have a look at it previously, but then the issue went away. The issue was that the Ethernet card, which is your network card, allows you to get onto the network and allows you to use the internet. The card was missing, even though it was still physically attached to the motherboard, which is the main board inside the computer. It was an onboard card, so should be there but Microsoft Windows was not actually noticing it was there and there was a there was a weird thing happening as well so when you disconnected the cable out of the network card there was one orange light on the back usually there's two lights a green and an orange or two greens uh, and that basically represents data flow so when you have um, data moving back and forth so when you are sending and receiving traffic whether you're browsing on the internet or doing something on the network, sending a file or receiving a file, you're always getting traffic both ways, up and down. Uh, But that wasn't happening because the network card had played up. So I thought, okay, well, I'll use some commands that I know, try to reset the network stack and restart the PC. That didn't change anything. I thought maybe it was a Windows update uninstalled the Windows update, and the computer completely crashed. Blue screens, unable to repair with a Windows disk, it was dead. So rather than lose any data on the hard disk, the easiest solution was to buy a new hard disk, buy a new network card, take out the old hard disk, and do a recovery at some point. Then once I got the new hard disk 
in. I then installed Windows, put on all the software, updated the drivers of the printers, tested everything, all working again, and then did a data recovery and took off all the files from the old hard disk onto the new one, set up all the software, and customer was all happy. Now, depending on the issue, if you have something like this happen to you, and you don't want to lose anything on the hard drive, if you don't have any other copies of the hard drive or the data that you have on the actual machine, taking the old hard disk out is crucial because if it's all intact, like this one was, then it's just a matter of connecting in the hard drive dock so I can plug it in via USB, connect to the drive as long as the drive is operational and working, you can then go through the folder structure like you could normally in Windows and just copy the files across into where the uh, files used to be onto the new hard disk. And yeah, it's a pretty simple process. If you have any questions about this and you want to know more, you can always email us, podcast at techauthority.org, and we'll be happy to answer your questions on the next episode. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back next week. Bye for now.